Uh, we are connected on Twitter Spaces, Call-In, and Clubhouse. It's multicasted, and all audiences can communicate with each other. So you're welcome to come and join us. This, this room. Regina, I think you are a real heroine. Mm, not really. Uh, we're so sorry about the situation. Well, the, the one thing... I remember is that when my husband died, what kept me going was the kids. And I just put one foot in front of the other every day, no matter I, how I felt thinking about the kids. Okay, so let me start the room by reminding people why we are here. We are here because uh, a little over a week ago, um, one of our really good clubhouse friends, Chris Jung, died unexpectedly. And I wanted to make this into a larger, first of all, I wanted to um, help raise some money for his wife and family. But also, um, I wanted to make this into a larger discussion because as some of you May, <laughs> may know. <laughs> Heyman just reminded me that he doesn't have my intro, but that's okay. The Karma Club is a club in which people who are serious discuss serious things. Often they are conflict-ridden uh, things, uh, but we never have a conflict because we are on the same page in this club and the club, the basic page we are on is you get back what you put out. And as long as we keep putting out, um, I, I hate to use the term good vibrations because it's so overused, but there's a reason it's overused. So we are trying to elevate the vibrations and the level of discourse on Clubhouse with the Karma Club. And it is supported by the Karma Coin, which is a rally uh, social token. And in, in honor of Chris, everyone who is in the room today uh, will be given a link a little bit later on to a free um, couple of Karma Coins. I'm going to airdrop them to everybody just, just out of my gratitude that you're all here. So what we're going to talk about today, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of tap dancing, waiting for Dr. Dan, but Dr. Dan comes when he can. And if, if he can't, he can't. He's, a, he's an emergency room physician. I invited him and I reminded him and I've now pinged him. So I'm, I have had a long career of advising entrepreneurs. And indeed, when I say long, I mean I have advised and coached and invested in 15 or 1,600. I don't keep counting anymore, but just a great many. And I know what entrepreneurship is like because I was an entrepreneur and I remember uh, when I was an entrepreneur, when I was much younger, I uh, had to go to the emergency room several times. 
for stress-related illnesses. And I think that the only reason that I didn't have permanent impacts on my health was that I came to my senses at some point and realized that I was also a mother. And in some ways, this is easier for women to do than for men. And in my lifetime of coaching, I have had at least a half a dozen entrepreneurs um, die before their time. And they've died of everything, suicide, heart attacks, COVID, preventable accidents, all kinds of things, because, um, because they're so addicted to their businesses and their lives. And to be an entrepreneur, a part of you has to believe you're Superman. And I think Chris believed he was Superman because he used to say that he was a a daddy by day and an entrepreneur by night. So if you take that binary of day and night, you realize that there was no time for him to sleep. So before we get into all the health tips, I would like to know if either Cheryl or Heyman would like to play part of Chris's um, startup show that he did about a month or two before he passed. Okay, Dr. Uh, Dr. Franzen, you want me to play that or you want me to play the uh, memorial one? The memorial. Don't okay. play the whole memorial, but play the beginning of it, you know? Sure, sure. I'll do that. Hold on. I'll pin. Okay, you can continue. I'll pin. Uh, nope, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for you. This is so serious and so sad. You have no idea. And because Chris was such a regular at tech news around the world, it's felt by the thousands of people who belong to that club and other clubs that Chris was a regular in. And not to mention the team members for his company, um, which I'm hoping maybe Regina will talk about a little bit later in detail and talk about the impact that this has when somebody, and I'm, I'm only going to say works himself to death because that's what I think. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have any authority with which to say it. It's just no, that's pretty much it, Dr. Francine. He worked himself to death. And that was exactly what I wanted to also talk about later was like the impact when someone like Chris passes away and what his family and his team or team members are now trying to do is pick up the pieces and you know unravel this giant knot of how to keep his passion, his vision going and how to keep this family going without him that where he was such a big you know he was such a big person so right and 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 once again regina i i admire you so much that you're even able to make 
a public appearance. And it's, it really is important for the future of entrepreneurship. And I'm hoping to raise some money here, too. So I, I think it'll be important to um, the future of your family. Cheryl, are you ready? Uh, yes, I've already put it on top. So you can just click on it and you will go directly to the video. Uh, the memory on the memory traffic. Can you see it? I can see it, but I can't hear it. Oh, you want me to play it? Hey man, I well, need your help then. Give me a second. Hey man, is it playing? Oh, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, and thank you everybody for taking the time out. I know it's an early morning on the East Coast, and very, very early on the West Coast, so thank you so much. Uh, My name is Chris Jung. I know everyone kind of wonders how you pronounce that. It's Jungle without the L-E, Chris Jung. Sorry, were you okay with that sound, or? No, it's it's extremely low. You're going to have to start it over again and give us a little bit. Sorry about that. Um, there are no sound, no real sound engineers in this room, all volunteers, but uh, we're trying to get this memorial that Cheryl made out of contributions given by Chris's uh, friends to remember him by. And we, I wanted you to hear a little bit about what he said about himself. So you think you can get it to play, Heyman? I can get anything to play, but it's, sorry, I'm just not teed up for that. Sorry about that. There you go. Maybe I, I can try. I'm not sure whether you well, can hear Thank it. you so much. And thank you, everybody, for taking the time out. I know it's an early morning on the East Coast and very, very early on the West Coast. So thank you so much. Uh, my name is Chris Jung. I know everyone kind of wonders how you pronounce that. It's Jungle without the L-E, Chris Jung. And um, I'm a mechanical engineer and industrial designer um, by trade. And, uh, you know, in the last uh, five years or so, um, I've changed my life to focus on my children. I'm a stay-at-home dad right now, and I do um, prototype work at night. I'm a mechanical engineer, so I can do everything from draw something from scratch to making it on a, you know, expensive machinery Um, And that's really kind of what put me here. I'm I'm blessed. And that's, that's really kind of what I want to share with this private, you know, the smaller group here is that, you know, five years ago, uh, my wife and I were really battling with infertility. You know, um, we deeply love each other. We really, really wanted to start a family. And, you know, about six years ago, we were told, look, you guys probably won't be able to ever have your own children, you know, consider egg donation, consider adoption. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with those. And we want to do those. But what we I really wanted to enjoy was kind of the quirkiness of each of us. You know, we're not ne- necessarily, you know, run of the mill people. So um, when we were finally able to have children, you know, the two kids that are normally on my profile, that's that's my daughter and that's my middle son. Um, I had two IVF girls and my boy was kind of a, a gods or miracle baby. And so the, the time scale that I'm playing with here, everybody, is 
is on a civilizational timescale. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like I got what I wanted from the universe, everybody. Like I would see ants walking around and be depressed because ants figured out how to reproduce. And here I was with my wife who I thought, you know, I am a decent human being. I'm good to people. Why did God or whatever curse us? And so I was very, very sad. And so when we were blessed enough to have children, I went all in on the kids, um, you know, nine to nine a.m. to two p.m. every day. Mommy and me classes dealing with, uh, you know, masculine masculinity issues in some cases, um, you know, and uh, it was worth it to me. So um, when a mission like this comes up, you know, where I actually am giving up some of that time with my kids to pursue a, a worthy mission like this. It can only come, um, you know, if, if the mission is really important. And you can only build great teams if the mission's important. And so, you know, I'll say this right now. Everyone on this stage has put in money into the company. Um, I'm the only one that's taken it out. And that's to really help cover some of the childcare expenses. My wife and I are both very busy. And we don't like the children kind of having to take care of themselves while we're in meetings. So um, I feel blessed. And... This person was my foundational person. I didn't have a father around. Uh, my father was in the picture, but not around. So my grandfather taught me everything I know, guys. If you wonder how Chris knows everything. And the more of that is available through the link above. There's a beautiful video done by Cheryl Tong with a lot of words. Yeah, it's, it's, real, it's really great. We all contributed to it because we were... <laughs> I can't explain to you how this made uh, those of us who knew Chris and saw him every morning on tech news around the world felt when one day we saw him and the next day we didn't. And the lesson I want everyone in the audience to take away from this is, you can guess it, life is precious. And the way that you stick around for your kids and the future, even if you are an entrepreneur, is to figure out some way to remind yourself that you are also a human body and that as a human body, you have some needs that if you don't take care of them, you they'll come back and, and haunt you. As I said, I, I, I lost one uh, entrepreneur friend on Clubhouse to COVID this year because he was too busy to finish getting vaccinated. And then I lost Chris. And in the past, I have lost several entrepreneurs who have either had one founder who had asthma and he was doing the kind of project that Chris was doing a pro project that would change the world. Um, and he, it was an air quality monitor and he was working and taking care of kids and so similar, Regina, so similar. And he, um, he died of an asthma attack one day while watching his kids. So it was, it was like, and that was because he hadn't had time to go get the shots that he usually got that controlled his allergies, which controlled his asthma.
So I've learned a big lesson from this. And Heyman is a doctor. So I can tell you all I want about my lessons, but Heyman's lessons will be real because they will be coming from a doctor. You need to eat correctly because food is fuel and we all hear it. And yet every entrepreneur I know lives on some variation of pizza and Mountain Dew. And that's got to stop. If we're going to start companies, we can't start them on, on pizza and Mountain Dew. And we have to exercise, meaning we have to get up from behind the computer and it doesn't have to be a big gym workout, but you need to like walk outside every hour or every two hours and make sure that your, your blood does not pool in one part of your body. And we also need to sleep. I heard um, a sleep expert last night on a podcast saying that you you need, and I know everybody knows this, I feel like I'm saying it over and over again, but you need to sleep seven to nine hours a night, and you have to set those hours aside, and you have to set them aside on a regular schedule so that you're sleeping the same hour. And the sleep that you get before midnight is way more valuable than the sleep that you get after midnight. So it's, there's that. And then the other thing is, if you have mental health issues, you, if you're depressed, if you think you're the only person whose startup isn't going to make it, and if indeed your startup doesn't make it, you need to get help. So that's that's kind of my digest of it. I, I hope people have more to contribute and also more to contribute about, Chris. One point that I want to make uh, is that, I mean, he might have appeared to you as, as thinking of himself as Superman, but one-on-one, uh, -on -one, there was so much humility and... He, it, it was more like almost the childlike joy of wonder that like, hey, look, this is an area we can really play in because there's so much untapped potential by doing these things together. And um, uh, not, not somebody who's uh, holding themselves out as, as Superman at all. But, but he did know uh, that he had a lot to give, and he was proud. He was proud to do that, and glad to. Eli, do you know enough about the company to speak about it? But also in a general about term. Flu uh, fluid or? IQ in general terms. Um, I mean, it, it, it was it was kind of in parallel to what I just said, that uh, they were looking at solutions to a big problem that uh, was overwhelming the world at the time and pu pulled together a volunteer effort and uh, found something again that had been uh, developed in, in the 60s and kind of set, a set aside and forgotten since there, despite the fact that it 
it really is a much better solution. And uh, uh, he recognized that that was something that wasn't just good for the, the current situation, but would improve care and save lives and, and preserve the quality of people's lives uh, long after the pandemic is over. But it's also easier said than done too, right? Like we ex- expect people to take care of themselves, especially in the medical world as well. We tell young physicians, take care of yourself. But the existing systems are what sometimes limit them from doing that because they are expected to do certain things. And unbeknownst to maybe family and uh, others, that there's pressures on them from maybe the VCs, the investors, and the broader like system can be huge. And I know that from a medical world, yes, it's always happens and it's easier said than done. So I'm curious to also know from those who've been in this space, how, how they dealt with it and how do you actually get the system to change so that they understand that these people are humans, not numbers that need to deliver in a certain few months, right? Well, part of that is the responsibility of the human. Uh, it's very hard for, you can change the residency system or the medical school education system, or you can teach the people in it to take it a little less seriously. Like Dr. Victor came through town yesterday and I met with him and he basically took, like you did, Heyman, six months off, you know, to do other things and explore other things and rest before sort of plunging into the the world of medicine. But I also want to get into what happens to a company where, and I, I don't know enough about the inner workings of Chris's company, but maybe Regina does. When you, when you're in a startup, one of the things that you don't have is money. So it's very easy when you're starting up a company not to do all the documentation, not to get a lawyer involved, and not to set things up correctly. Well, that, but w- what we used to say, and this, I hope this doesn't sound um, crass, but we used to say that our companies that we worked with had to pass the bus test, meaning if the founder got hit by a bus, what would happen to the company? And there needs to be a lot of preparation done in advance. Oh, good. Alexandra. Perfect. Alexander's an attorney. Um, You have to have certain things set up in your initial documentation so that the company can go on if something happens to the founder. And, you know, one of those things should be um, incorporation documents and documents of who owns what in the company who has what kind of shares and how long, you know, how those are handled and a buy-sell, like who gets the company um, if one of the founders doesn't or the original teammates don't want to work on it anymore. Alexander, you want to help me out here or do you want, want me to bumble on? I can bumble on. No, oh, you weren't bumbling, but um, <clears throat> thanks very much. Yeah, I'm happy to uh, to help if I can. Um, 
Yeah. So here's the biggest problem with startups, especially at the moment, like where the founding team is coming together, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm starting to put it together. The biggest, um, you know, the, the overwhelming feeling is excitement. Um, and everybody has a really strong sense of goodwill towards each other. And that's why you're combining to do something. Um, the problem is um, that isn't the like the entire journey right so it's like you get really excited for the wedding but what you really need to prepare for is the marriage right this is the same problem that we have we have a lot of people who get very excited that's so about- perfect <laughs> they spend a lot of time you know getting ready to do this company and we can do this we can build that and, and like they they'll like rent office space or a we work thing uh, before they'll before thinking about uh, what happens if this doesn't work out or what happens if we decide that a person isn't contributing what they said they were going to do or if a person isn't uh, doesn't want to do it anymore or um, an accident or emergency happens like how do we cope with things going wrong that's really the main issue in any group of people getting together for anything um, is what do we do if something goes wrong and everybody hates the person who brings it up. And, and most people are very quick to say, Oh no, these people wouldn't do that because nobody thinks anybody is the kind of person who would do that until they are. Um, so no, but my advisees didn't exactly hate me for bringing it up, but they didn't exactly love me either. But I had another question that you're probably very, uh, well-equipped to deal with, and that is who owns the intellectual property? Is there a company after um, the, the founder or the person who, the inventor or whatever isn't there anymore? What do we have to do with the intellectual property to make sure the company goes on? Yeah, there are a lot of issues that can result depending on the nature of the company, the nature of the loss, if it was acrimonious or something like that. So, so really, when you're when you're starting a company, that is the best time to talk about all the things that could go wrong and how to deal with them because everybody is giving each other benefit of the doubt. So you want to form an entity. You want to put together rules about how that works. And you can also say that, you know, this can change and uh, we're going to set out an amount of equity, but the amount of equity can change too based on all of these circumstances. And it really forces you to plan out what's important and what isn't when you're talking about your company, because a lot of people, and I have found this, I mean, a lot of people just, people have come to me asking for help usually after the fact, but <laughs> it turns out, it, I'm sorry. It turns out that, um, that maybe everybody wanted to start a company, but not everybody wanted to start a company that the, the company that resulted, maybe they had a different idea for how it would grow. Maybe they had a different idea of what an acceptable exit would be, right? And this is like the, one of the main issues that you get when you take venture um, funds is that as soon as someone puts money in, then they start thinking that they can control what your return is going to be on exit. So you may have like a family emergency and you have an offer and you want to cash out and you make, you know, X amount of money and that's fine for you. You just need to, you know, like be done and move on. But they will not agree. And also, uh, Alexandra, you know, they say, though, no, 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 no. This is like a we lot of. It. 
I'm curious though, sure. Alexander, so it's Heyman. I'm just wondering though, it's like this, this stuff must be weighing a lot on startup founders and minds, right? I'm just wondering like I, these, I, I know that we've planned sort of down the road, a few shows that are going to be relevant to exploring these things so that we could actually put in place a batch of sort of episodes that'll help founders, like as they uh, yes, negotiate I- the legal, the financial, the v, all that stuff. But I'm wondering also for when all this stuff is going on, like, for instance, we've got some founders here on stage, too, and mompreneurs as well, and, I'm cu- and VCs as well. So I'm just curious to know is how do you deal with the, the, the health stuff, the, 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 the struggles? I mean, how do you deal like, with all this pressure that's going on? What do you actually advise startup founders? And even the startup founders who are in startups right now, how are you actually coping with all this? Like, how do you pay attention well, the to first thing I, The first thing that I do when a founder comes to me, and I want to get Regina into the conversation, if she's willing to talk at all about Chris's company per se, but because we might be able to help her if she wants it. Um, I, I always say to a founder who comes to me and says, I'm starting a company. The first thing I say is, are you married? Or you do you have a significant other? And that's that's question one. Actually, and they speaking always of which, look at me like I'm like I'm crazy. You know, why would you care? And I'm like, well, because in my fifteen hundred companies that I have coached, I have found that one of the the biggest problems with entrepreneurship and 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 um, moving forward over the long period of time that it actually takes to build a company that a fair number of entrepreneurs lose their family in the process. And also, and, sorry to interrupt. Uh, there's actually an uh, interesting thing is Eric and Janelle who are actually co-founders and they're also partners in life. Um, and, and science. And science as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to hear their perspective because they're actually, they also went through some tumultuous times. So that's why I thought it'll be good to hear them as well. Oh, Would please. you like to hear the, like the end of that initial question? And then the second question that you asked about, you know, what are the issues that you have to look at? And then your second question was, what do you do about IP? Do you want me to answer those sure. or, or would you prefer Let's... to move on to something else? It's fine. It's just a, I'm wondering I whether a, we should save that for uh, the future session. Basically, that'll cover those things. Uh, because I think yeah, if we... Yeah, but hey, man, I think Dr. Francine wanted to also ask Regina her view, right? So yes. why don't we let Dr. Francine yes, continue please, yeah. what she does? Yeah, I, I, would like, I would like Regina to give her input as to what, what if she wants to, um, what this has done and what she has had to do on behalf of the company. Or if there even will be one. The company's going to keep going forward. There should be no reason why the company won't survive this. And Chris, like, I guess to Alexandra's point, I mean, Chris was a prepper. So he definitely prepared for a lot of different scenarios, let's just say. And so... Um, in terms with dealing with the company, it's, I mean, he was the CEO and like you were saying in the beginning, there's no money in the beginning. So he took on doing everything himself and that adds to the stress. 
and um and so it, my house is a total mess right now trying to just sort through all of his equipment all of his paperwork who does what what piece of equipment goes where what paperwork goes where just unraveling this this big black hole of stuff and i guess what i really wanted to talk about too was for all the entrepreneurs that are currently out there is to prioritize yourself and do listen to the people who care about you because Chris was stubborn as heck and I would tell him to sleep. I would tell him to rest. I would tell him to eat better. I would tell him to stop drinking so much diet coke because it's caffeinated up the wazoo. He was wired the entire day. He slept only maybe 3 to 4 hours a day and he was humble and everything um Ellie Eli um, I think he said you go by Ellie but he did also have a sort of superman complex where he thought he could you know do it all and he did not prioritize himself to go so I need to take care of myself so that I will be here for you know the long haul to see the success of my company see you know his vision come to fruition see his kids graduate see his kids get married see his grandchildren he didn't prioritize those things and realize that his health mattered for him to make that long haul trek to accomplish everything that he he really wanted to accomplish so please please don't be stubborn when people tell you that you need to take care of yourself because it really really does matter and when you and when the unfortunate life when the unfortunate thing happens where you know with Chris where he does pass you leave even more pressure on the people surrounding you like i said i right. i myself am going through his work affairs um you know and every single time you talk to someone it's at this point of i guess grieving it's always how are you doing are you doing okay what happened it's it's a hit to the person that you're talking to who's grieving it really is so but it's something you have to do and for me because i believe in his company i believe in his vision there should be no reason it's such a great product that can change the world i want to ensure that it keeps going so i'm i'm forcing myself to you know go through his computer go through his affairs make sure you know i don't delay any of that and there and then you add on the personal aspects i'm trying i'm barely going through figuring out oh there's a probate period of stuff like all these little things that you don't think about but it's still items that you have to tackle and he's now left this mess that i have to deal with so be aware of that what the consequences are when you when you don't take care of yourself and you then unexpectedly leave this world and what that means to all parties involved that is that's, for now 
That is awesome, Regina. And that is why the first question I ask is, do you have a significant other or are you married? Because whoever you are, whoever your significant other is or your wife or your husband is going to go on this journey with you, whether they want to or not. So the first thing they have to be is willing. And then the second thing is you have to realize that you have that responsibility. So whatever happens to you happens to them. And nobody ever thinks about that when they're starting a company. And uh, I hate to, you know, pass it back. You, you were so human about that, Regina. But I've been through so many of these kinds of situations in which the person wasn't a prepper. And so they weren't prepared and there weren't any documents. And the people who were part of the founding team were given equity and nobody knew exactly how much equity and nobody knew whether the equity was going to be worth anything because none of it was really documented. And that, that this goes back to you, Alexandra, and then the intellectual property piece. Yeah, that's that's really tough. Um, uh, so, like, I, I'm sorry is is the question like what should you document and who do you, who owns what? Yes, what but, should you document and how? But it also depends on at what stage you are in your company, right? What well, Chrissy was a prepper, but Fluid IQ has been in existence, you know over a year now so they were able to get that documentation done you know create a basic foundation a roadmap of where they intend on going but you have companies where it's at the very very beginning there are no resources and frankly people may not even be aware of what they really need to document at that time so is that part of the future kind of um topics that this room was going to talk about? I mean, I would hope that there's, I mean, I talk about it all the time in, in my room. So if you are interested, you can always, you know, check there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, these are the things that need people need to talk about um, like, you know, in mental health issues, burnout's real. And there are people who are struggling. There's a lot of um, uh, suicidal and heavy depression, uh, uh, like people with suicidal thoughts and people who are significantly depressed in the startup world. Um, and, and it's not in that very first phase where you're just starting to get going. It's, it's after that when you realize how hard it is to get to traction and product market fit and figure out like, wow, this is not what I had a, a picture of in my head. Even if you don't think you have a picture in your head of how it's supposed to go, um, you know, you, you always kind of do, and you only realize it because your expectations were let down. And you kind of have this feeling of unease, like what's wrong, something's wrong. And usually what it is, is you have expectations that are not being met and you didn't even realize that you had expectations of what this life would look like. And it is, it's so... Um, it's really difficult for people to acknowledge that things are harder than they thought it would be, that it's not necessarily as 
enrapturing as it was at the beginning. They love the high. It's a falling in love high when you start a company where you're like, this is awesome. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be famous and amazing. And what they don't understand is like there's financial issues that come up, right? You don't, most people don't actually reach any point of even salaries for a couple of years. Like you're everything that comes into the company, even if you start selling, everything that comes into the company goes, goes right. Like everything that comes out goes right back in. Everybody's continually reinvesting, 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 and any excess money goes to hire people that can make you grow faster and farther. And so you don't realize how much you have committed to so many people. And there's generally some point, and not everybody in the founding team finds this, but there's usually at some point you have this realization that a lot of people are relying on you and it is overwhelming. It is, it's like being underwater and you don't even know which way, you know, the, the, the top of the ocean is. So it's this completely disorienting feeling where it's kind of like, you know, you suddenly ended up the parent to, you know, like five, 10, you know, 20 people and you have your own family also. And they're all vying for your time and attention and priority. And it's, it's impossible to meet all of the demands. Um, Shonda Rhimes once said, you know, I don't have a balanced life. I'm always failing at something, either being a parent or, um, or running the, the company or, um, or writing something. I'm always failing. So I think what first has to happen is for people to realize that that is common. Everybody feels that way. But especially in American startup culture, there's this sort of entrenched feeling of game face, right? I can't show that I do not have it all together. And I get that you don't want to do that, particularly if you have employees or people relying on you because it scares the crap out of them. It does. Like if you say like, I don't even know what I'm doing. They're like, I'm looking for a job. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen here. So there is a certain amount of like, you know, like game face that has to happen with the people who are relying on you for their own personal security. And, and that's fine. That's like, and I don't mean to say that employees are like kids, but it is like, there's a, no, they are, they totally are. Yeah. They, they, and they are relying on you. They are. And it's a very real personal thing. And I've had, like, I remember working at a firm where um, my uh, my senior partner, the new founding partner of that firm, was suddenly given that role because the person who ran this company and he he ran the the firm like a puppeteer, right? Everybody did what he wanted. It was his firm. I wasn't there during that time, but then he died suddenly as well. And so all of his all the people that he had in that firm were all very junior people. He liked that because that was easier to control. He could dictate. He could make everybody learn exactly the way he wanted to do it. So, but what you ended you ended up having is you know uh, a company with some significant revenues, right? A law firm with significant revenues, and you had like a you know thirty year old uh, unmarried, still wants to party person as a new founding partner. He's now the the senior partner, and he has to make all the decisions for not just that the viability of that firm, but also for, uh, you know, what, like where the firm is going and then all the employees within the firm. And he had a really tough time. He entered into a lot of drug abuse and alcohol. He had a, and that's not uncommon either. Addiction is super high 
among entrepreneurs. And it's just part of it is that, you know, you tend to be someone who likes chaos and thrill seeking in order to become an entrepreneur. It's like a common characteristic. But the other part is it is mental pressure that just doesn't stop. None of this to say that being an entrepreneur is bad. I had start I had two companies, I exited, it's like a stress fest. But but it is a very like the highs are so high, but people don't really talk about how the lows are so low. Everybody wants to celebrate those highs, but nobody wants to really talk about those lows that are so deep. They're like really deep where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing and I have nobody that I can turn to. There's no like mom's group or like, you know, like a, a little little club that you can go to where you like, you know, you complain about being a parent. There isn't that for CEOs because CEOs are constantly trying to show other CEOs, investors, employees, everyone um, how to like that. They've got it all under control. They've got it all and under that- control. And, and Alexandra, don't. I wish I, I wish I had known you because I could have helped you because I went through that whole scenario, and that's what convinced me that I had to help other entrepreneurs. I was a divorced mom with two kids and fifteen employees, and um, and a bunch of clients that came and went, and. At one point, the IRS showed up at my office and and came in the door and said, we're going to put a lien on all your equipment because you owe back taxes. And when I went to talk to my controller about why I owed back taxes, I found out that he had been putting the receipts, um, he had been writing the checks for the taxes, but when the cash flow got short, he made his own decision and put the checks in the drawer and never paid the IRS. So I, I owed at one point $23,000 to the IRS. And I was in my office and the IRS was in my office. And I said, oh, I know exactly how to solve that. I'll have you paid in a week. And I had only one asset at the time, and it was a used Mercedes that I bought. It was my car, but I owned it free and clear. And so I went down to the garage, and (laughs) I pulled it out of the garage, and I drove it to a Honda dealer. And I said, "What, what will you give me for this Mercedes, and what's the cheapest car you have? And so I traded that Mercedes for a Honda on a loan, and I took the money in cash. It was almost exactly $23,000, and I paid the IRS. And my employees thought I was a superhero, but I ended up in the emergency room after that. You know, (laughs) I mean, I believe it. Like I, I took over as a manager of a large manufacturing facility because I had something I wanted to manufacture. I wanted to understand the whole process. Um, and I, the day I walked in, the person who, um, had been running, it was apparently super pissed that I was coming in. I didn't know it wasn't my decision, um, like to take over someone's spot or whatever. And literally all of the financial records were in trash bags that were shredded. Uh, in various places all over the facility. And people were like, oh my God, can you believe she did this? Or, you know, and then she, she took the QuickBooks. Like, so she took the, she took the files and, and I was like, no, it's okay. 
And you know what? We'll figure this out. And I went in, I literally sat under my desk and started crying. I was like, what the hell did I just do? I don't even understand. Like, where am I? How is this happening? So, you know, you, you do get through it and getting through it is actually the thing that inspires people, not the, you know, I got it all covered all the time. I mean, that's the one thing to really, um, to really focus on is not that you never have bad times. It's that you have bad times, but you figure out how to get through it. And that is the skill that you need. That's this renewable skill that you have. So everybody can rely on you not to never have problems, but to never be stuck by them. And I think that's something that, you know, we don't really focus on enough. I wish there were more peer groups for CEOs, but literally every time there's a there's something that is organized for CEOs to kind of get together and talk about problems. They never talk about their problems. They only talk about their successes. They or they only can't, talk or about they don't show up. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, it's completely, and women are, are also at a disadvantage being in something, you know, like usually, you know, if you get upset about something, especially if it has a relationship aspect to it, like, you know, this distributor, you know, charged me twice and then hung up when I tried to complain about it or whatever, then they think it's, you know, a failing because you have, I don't know, ovaries or something. I'm not really sure how this works, but somehow oh, there's a flaw not, in a double X chromosome that means that something happened. Let's not go happened. down the woman entrepreneur rabbit hole because we could do several weeks on that. But I, I would like to have uh, Io and Janelle talk because they are Spouses, spice, and- spice. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say. I just want to say one thing. So, like, uh, I recently went through cancer surgery, and my wife, uh, she's the CEO, she's the boss, I'm the CTO. Together, we work. Uh, we're very fortunate to work that way. But when I got sick and I had to go into surgery again uh, earlier this year, she felt a lot of pressure to make the company live on or to help my dream live on and. I was like, no, like we had a conversation about this and I'm like, no, that's, you're so silly. Like if I pass away, I don't want you to stick with this and be miserable and suffer with this. Of course, everybody is different, but I was like, but I don't want you to go be happy. I don't want you to stay here and keep fighting with this. Right. So there's also that perspective that I'm very conscious of my time. And I also want to be conscious of her time. It's quality of life. So I'm going to let Janelle comment on whether I'm actually right or not. And that's also an important <laughs> part of a marriage, knowing that uh, you always have to defer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, dear. Um, uh, first of all, I want to start off saying that I'm so sorry for your loss. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed that you're even... Uh, able to do this right now because I know when I was at his sickest right before his surgery I was uh I was a basket case and uh, it was really difficult to talk to anybody let alone a group of strangers so uh kudos to that um but yeah we have uh Io and I have a startup or Eric sorry I call my own here just because that's how everyone knows him but we do have a startup together and to be completely honest you know if I wasn't doing this startup with him uh, I don't think I would be able to do it uh, because, you know, when you have a startup or if you're invested in your career just in general, it doesn't have to, you know, be starting a company. But if you're very passionate about your career, uh, you're going to spend a lot of time focused on it. And, you know, my family life with my husband is really important. So, 
you know, the, the careers that we saw ourselves doing in the future were always together, rather be like, you know, teaching or tutoring or doing this research in a startup company. Um, but I, I don't think I would be able to do it without them. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to mention, because a, a few people have said this, was, uh, yeah, there aren't a lot of support systems for, you know, startups and CEOs. And uh, as I'm hearing people talk, even just about, like, you know, the documentation of a company and how to sort everything out, um, I keep thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, I love our lawyer because uh, our, our lawyer is really amazing in terms of helping us with all that stuff. But, you know, it sounds kind of silly, but within the first couple months that we had when we started our company, he sent me an email and he introduced me to this other young woman who was starting her own company. And, um, and then she introduced me to another one of her friends that were starting a company. So we have this, we call it our, our little CEO support group. There's three of us and we, we try to meet uh, every other week online just for 20 to 60 minutes, sometimes it's shorter or longer. Uh, but we talk about the problems that we're having in our startups and the difficulties and little things like, oh, if I'm doing my own accounting, you know, how best should I do this? Or, you know, what legal things do I need to sort out? So I'm, I'm very fortunate that way that, you know, I, I respect my lawyer. I'm like, he has a good, good judge of character. So really helps uh, create a support group for ourselves uh, to make it bearable. Cause um, I think someone else also said, you know, when, when you're in a startup, I can't agree with the statement more. I said this a few weeks ago to someone, the highs are really high, but the lows are really low. And if you don't create a network around you to fall back on, um, it, it can get really rough sometimes. Okay. I, I want to, uh, I want to get Cal and I want to get Jennifer. Um, but first I want to ask, um, I want to ask Regina, what can we do to help? We are all here to help you. We are here to share stories with you. We are here to help raise money for you. We are here to do anything we can for you and the kids. But we, but we need to know what would help you the most. You know, if this isn't it, you know, well, you know, of course that isn't it. But, you know. How can we? How can we help you? Um, I what everything that you guys have been doing has been. I'm very very appreciative of all the love and support from this his clubhouse community and just that memorial tribute that Cheryl made um, with all of you know your in, with everyone involved. I, I think that that's great too because it's going to provide the kids something to to look back at. So anything in with memories, that's that's great, so that they get to you know experience their dad beyond just. I mean, Lily's only she's my my oldest is only four and a half. My youngest is only one and a half. So anything that in terms of providing them a very um, Holistic view of their father. That's that's greatly appreciated. I mean, the finances help because <laughs> single bacon maker right now. <laughs> yes, uh, boy, I, the, I've been there, so that part I can really relate to. 
And I'm also a widow, so I can relate to that too. So if you just need somebody who's been a lot of places and seen a lot of stuff come down and understand how to keep going by putting one foot in front of the other, you can always call me. I'll give you my contact information. But I'd like to hear from uh, Jennifer first and then Cal. Firstly, Regina, I am so sorry for your loss. I just can't imagine how brave you are. I can't imagine how, you know, you want to drive to continue and you know you, you, you will and you have to. But I just deeply, deeply feel just condolences. I've been listening in this room and the only reason I wanted to speak to you was to offer first what everyone else has been saying in terms of we're there and 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 I have so much love and respect for you as a mother who is going to keep going. I'm a lawyer um, by background and I'd like if you are open to it, I'm not a lawyer in your jurisdiction, but I do know about to a certain extent the probate process intellectual property, questions about whether there were patents involved, whether there were registered designs or unregistered designs, moral rights, copyright. The fact is that you will probably have to consider whether you can use some of the mechanisms that are available right across the world to be able to freeze certain assets in conjunction with the probate process so that you can get a break from any creditors so that you can essentially have a transfer of the assets to you. I just think practical help because I'm a lawyer and because I have a network of friends who are lawyers and attorneys around the world, I'd like to help you. I just, I, 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 I didn't join the tech news around the world room very often, but I remember actually hearing Chris speak. And I think that it's just important. This is a community and I just, um, yeah, my heart is with you, but I'll DM you. And if you want to talk to me, you absolutely can. Thank you, Jennifer. Cal? Um, yeah, this uh, Regina, uh, uh, um, I don't think I've spoken with you, but, uh, uh, absolutely inspired by you just being on the stage and just being where you are with all the things that I imagine are going on with your life. So anything I can do to help, um, just let us know, uh, we'll try, but it's going to be very hard, uh, I imagine for you. Um, the one, the one thing on the topic of the room or the topic of burnout, uh, it's it's something that um, you know in the forties. I, I don't think it's just startups. Um, I think it's people who are driven, people who want to do amazing things for their family and the world, and they just uh, they just can't stop. And uh, um, I, I was in a situation like that at the age of uh, you know ten, twelve years ago. You know, couldn't get off a plane, couldn't do anything. Uh, luckily, I stopped. Uh, luckily, luckily, I stopped. Um, but not many people are lucky, and I'm I'm so sorry for you that that Chris wasn't that lucky on that. 
and he didn't stop or take a pause when he needed to. Um, so yeah, there's just, uh, you know, if you have friends around you that, that are able to give you the truth and you're able to, um, see it, you know, and one, one of the things is Chris was so connected to children. You could, you, and that's one of the reasons why we connected quite a lot. Um, it's just, uh, he was off to Minneapolis and I sent a, you know, restaurant recommendation where me and my kids used to hang out, um, uh, every weekend. Um, and he said he was going to send a picture back after he got there. And so it's a, it's a sad situation for you, but you are inspiring and I guarantee your children are going to be even more inspiring, uh, to you, um, than anyone else. I promise you that, um, it may not feel like that right now, but those kids are going to, going to do amazing things and uh, let us know anywhere along their journey how we can help or let me know anyway thanks thank well, you Cal. and and he did speak about that little he he was saying it was a, a hole in the wall place that you guys would go to and he's he was going to make an effort to go he told me about it and the yeah. what i'm going to tell you now is thank that you. He's actually not an Indian food kind of guy, but he, because of your recommendation, he was going to go and he had asked me, what well, he never told me that. <laughs> he never told me. Uh, yes, he, he, he just said he was going to go there. Okay. But he was going to go because it was you and you recommended it. So anyway, Aww. let, let us know if you need anything. Um, just, you know, for other people, make the connection between what you love and the actions you have to take personally. Because uh, life can be exciting, right? But uh, you have to think about how exciting it is for all the other people around you, right? So, uh, luckily in my situation, I was able to make those moves and 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 slow down and do a couple of other things, uh, and to and to make that thing. And so I'm still around for my for Nushka and Nathan. But uh, you know, make sure you do that and and learn and 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 that would be Chris's legacy if you go and do that. I imagine Regina, but. Listen, uh, thank you very much for, for just uh, being here and uh, helping other people in a moment when you're going through what you're going through. So anyway, thanks thanks very much. Would anyone else like to speak? Yeah, if I can make a comment. Or... Yeah, yeah, I want to make one comment briefly about, because uh, I've been through um, a lot of this stuff and I was I was l lucky and also cursed in that my first startup, we went public and it was very successful and I thought that's how all of them were going to be. And then when you go through those again and you uh, face bankruptcies and other things, you find out uh, you really learn the, the true lessons of entrepreneurship. But one thing I was going to just one point that, um, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs, you hear a lot and entrepreneurs will say, I, I'm, I'm unemployable. I, I, I can't get a job, I, but they mean it in almost like a batch of courage. Like, you know, Hey, I'm in this iconoclastic maverick world of entrepreneurship because I can't work in corporate America. I never want to hire me anyway, so I have to make my own work. And there's a valor there that they kind of put this badge of honor on. But the real reality is, is that can also be one of the indications of of a true hardship and true mental hardship. Because although you might wear it as a badge of honor, there's pain there. And you also know that entrepreneurship is your only way out. And you have to do that because if you put a resume together and you've done all these things that entrepreneurs do and wear all these many hats – you put that resume together and you send it to recruiters, no one is interested in you. No one wants to talk to you. You've done great stuff, but you don't fit in corporate America. And that not fitting is what got them in entrepreneurship. Or maybe if they left corporate America, that's what happens. But I've seen many, many people feel trapped 
and they go into entrepreneurship. Some of them dabble in it in a time like this, or like in the late 1990s with dot-com era, when everybody wanted stock options. And I had people come in from, to me from Johnson & Johnson and other companies, and I would tell them, you're leaving security, you're leaving benefits, you're leaving a salary, and you don't know whether this is going to last. And they get wrapped up in the glamour of it. And, um, and, when, and then I've seen many of them, when they go that route, Two, three, four years in entrepreneurship, they've had a hell of a time trying to get back and get any kind of a decent job like they had before. And that's when the real depression kicks in. So I just want to let, let you know, mention that, that there's some other nuances to entrepreneurship and jumping in and out. I think a lot of that's changed. Luckily, we're in a period now where maybe corporate America recognizes a more multifaceted generalist mindset and more right brain thinkers and other concepts that come from entrepreneurship. So there are more, more of an open door now. But um, that won't be maybe that won't be there all the time. And that's something to recognize that, you know, when you need to save these entrepreneurs, sometimes you need to save somebody and help guide them into a place where maybe they don't see where they fit from the outside. Just want to lend that. Thank you. Thank you. That, that actually is also very true. Um, let me uh, remind you that the pin link above is the GoFundMe for Chris's family for Regina and the kids, and that if you can, uh, you should contribute. And in return, you are going to get karma. The um, next pinned link should be the free airdrop for the karma coin. Right, Heyman? Yes, Heyman. Can you please pin it? Yeah, give me one second. Thank you. Once again, the production values in this room are not the highest, but it's all the spirit and that's <laughs> right. Teamwork. The, teamwork. The, the spirit and the feeling and the heart. Okay, if you click on that link, it will take you to where you can get two free karma coins in Chris's memory as a thank you for coming and being in the room and being part of. Chris's life and giving as much help as you possibly can give to Regina because not all help is money and not all success is money and not everything about business is money. So my thing, of course, the only thing that I have to give is karma and I will keep offering it throughout my life. So everybody click on the link, claim, claim your karma coins and hang on to them. You never know. Life, life is interesting. And Regina, I'm gonna. If you want them, I'll send you some for the kids. Just so you, you know, they're digital memories, and the kids, the kids might be too young for them, but I'll figure out something. Um, all right, I'm going to close down. Actually, the um, if you don't mind, uh, yeah. sorry, uh, I know John Matheson's here. Chetna, who knew him well as well, and Evan, uh, if you don't mind, uh, yeah, some say, oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, sure, nobody on mic, so I didn't know. Oh, sorry, and Suzanne here <laughs> as well. Sorry, Carl, yeah, uh, and me, John, and oh, yeah, sorry, and, okay, and open mic. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, John. <laughs> Thanks, um, and I'm assuming Regina is uh, still on and listening, but. Uh, I think it's abundantly clear to you how much Chris touched every one of our hearts in a very deep way. So we're um, we're here for you. 
and uh, um, I hope you feel free to contact any of us if we can ever help you out uh, in any way uh, beyond the GoFundMe now. So um, he was a very blessed soul, and we all miss him. And Re Regina, I just, it's Evan here. I just wanted to express how Chris really made me want to be a better father. I mean, my, my kids are older. They're late teens, early 20s. But the way he adored and loved his children and cared for them made me double down in the short time I knew him on just thinking about my own kids and my relationship with them and how lucky and blessed I am and um, you know, God bless you and, uh, and your wonderful children. Thanks so much. Thank Regina. you, Evan. Sorry, go ahead, Regina. No, I just wanted to say thank you. He taught me that if you tapped on the mic multiple times, it meant thank you, or I liked what you said. <laughs> uh, uh, Reg uh, Regina, uh, uh, my name is Kieran. Um, I joined, uh, you know, techniques around the world in the past, but in the last uh, three months, uh, I was away, but, um, but, you know, Chris, um, he, he, you know, he, he, he's frequently, he sends me a message on the chat, even though I've been absent for uh, two months. And the last one that he, you know, he said was get your ass up here, man, you know, miss your voice. And, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those, uh, it's, I mean, when I first heard about it, I, 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 I remember just, um, um, I was walking and I just almost had tears in my eyes because um, I mean, one of the things that about Chris is that you know, um, I have three kids um, I know a lot of us here, we talk about how entrepreneurs and how, uh, you know, we work hard and, you know, we try to change the world and we go with the mission and there is, is the way I see it is that I saw Chris is that uh, I, I understand him deeply um, um, you know, I, I was brought up in a very spiritual environment, uh, and there are, you know, in my journey, I saw many successful entrepreneurs, and there is sometimes that you know you get these rare ones that yeah, just because maybe through their childhood, um, maybe through the relationship they had with their mother and their father, maybe the absent father, or the, the kind of way they you know experience their childhood, something really blesses them very early on, and it triggers something very deeply uh, within them. And what happens is that, you know, uh, so they also, those kind of people end up as, a, you know, entrepreneurs and, and, and their relentless focus and that energy that they get, uh, uh, you know, to, to change the world and pursue it, something that they, you know, what Chris was uh, doing is that it's driven by that pure spirituality, something that, you know, they don't value their life. I mean, they value their life for the loved ones, uh, for sure. And, and they also, maybe I'm sure that, Regina, I mean, you might uh, agree that he might have made some mistakes in the house, you know, he might have not been there for you. Um, uh, plenty and then he might uh, I know that he was always there present you know in terms of time with his kids but you know in terms of emotionally and you know uh, all many ways that uh, you know uh, people who go to jobs would probably otherwise be able to afford to give you know uh, dinners and dates and you know valentines and you know all of that stuff but I think one of the things that someone like Chris what drives them is that when they miss it they deeply wish that they can do those things with you but what, what they really do is they just think that the mission is so important and they work so hard and they just think they're going to finish it. And then when everything is done, you know, they will be able to come back and fall on your feet and say, I'm so sorry, baby. You know, uh, I, I wish that I was there, but now my mission is done and, you know, it's going to change the world. Um, so I think look, that's how I see Chris. And, and I have three children and, and that's how I always felt every time that I engage with him. And, you know, uh, 
I can feel the sense of urgency he had, you know, uh, the mission that he, uh, that he was, you know, going after. Uh, I have three children. If, if anything that I can tell you, Regina, look, I can tell the way you sound is, you know, how strong you are. And I have seen, um, uh, if any, anything that I can pass down from my experience is that your kid's going to be fine. You know, I, I think they, uh, the fact that there are uh, people that I know, families uh, that I know that they lost their father very young and they have three kids and, and people with a similar uh, journey that, you know, and, and the kind of the soul that he had, um, uh, I, I seen those kids and how they, you know, turn out, they're going to be very inspired humans and, and, and they will change their, you know, they, they will, they will continue in the journey of Chris and try to move the arc towards humanity you know, in everything that they will be pursuing. So the, in a sense, that, that's a blessing that he's living with your child. I know it might not sound anything now, but you know, it's, it's something that deeply, I know the kids are very young and they will sense that. You know, I'm from a very spiritual background. I have experienced that very young in my life. My mother died when I was two years old, um, you know, with a family of seven. And my father was uh, you know, looking after seven kids and you know, my sister has to, literally quit. She was only 13 years old to take care of like five boys. So I kind of experienced that. And, and, and there's this inherent things that the kids, uh, all of us in my family inherited back of that uh, is because of, you know, the memories of our mother and how much she worked hard to always give us, you know, as the best and, you know, uh, what a kind, loving the person she was. So, so that is, you know, that, that's all I can say. Your kid's going to be fine. I know it might be, you know, it's a long journey ahead, but look, uh, he, he blessed the kids, uh, in so many ways that, you know, he'll be there. Um, and, you know, as a community, we are here for you. And please do reach out if, if anything, you know, I can do to help. Uh, thank you, guys. Sorry, I know I just went for long, but thank you. So, and that's so okay. Chat now? Yeah, actually, actually if, if I could, because it keys so well off of what uh, Kiran uh, just said, I'd like to read uh, three sentences that Chris wrote for the About, uh, for both of us, for Atmosphere IQ, because uh, it just lands so perfectly. Uh, with what uh, Karen said, um, you know, the first thing in, in, in the about him, the, the second thing that he said was, I am committed to a better future for all children. And uh, he was. And uh, also um, that we are committed to making a lasting multi-generational impact with smart solutions that solve problems for humanity at scale. We believe that nothing is more powerful than the genius of good humans and great teams. If we were be such a great team um, with, with a firm commitment to ethical business wherever we set foot it's our goal to leave the future better than we than we received it have faith thank you um chetna thank you hi regina um i don't know if i can add much more to what's been said i mean i last time we got together um, when we heard this news um i shared a message from chris which is a similar sentiment to what lila said where he just said that he just wanted to raise good humans and leave the bet world in a better place than what he found it but the thing that i will say is i have never heard a man speak so much about his children and be so proud to be a father um and i think that we, we probably all could say the same thing about him i just he just would not stop speaking about the kids and, and about you. And um, I don't know, it's just so, so open about his experience as a father and how much he loved it. And it's just, I, I've not experienced somebody talk about that. Maybe actually, yeah, he can talk about it quite a lot as well. But it's just the, um, he just would talk about it 
all the time and I've just never heard that and I think it's just so inspiring for all the and maybe even the like men and women who didn't have children in the rooms that we're in to experience that um and the joy of being a parent so I just want to share that with you um and I think you're amazing for being here and as everybody else said is there anything that if there's anything that we can do um please let us know we're going to hear from Carl next and then um, I think we should let Regina go back to her life because she with three kids and all of the things that she's going through we can't really keep her on clubhouse all day long <laughs> although I'm so glad she's here and I'm so glad that we we're able to tell her how much we cared about her husband Carl hey yeah um I just want to say thank you for this room, really. Um, I've been kind of like sat here listening to everybody talk about their experiences of startups at different levels and founders and that kind of thing. And just thinking, my God, not everybody has their shit together, to put it really bluntly. Um, I, I don't know how I come across on Clubhouse, but... Um, with uh, me, I'm I am basically a nobody, and my past is of a nobody, and from a, an extremely poor background and a very disjointed upbringing and whatnot. And it meant that um, I ended up being an nobody extremely... is a nobody. Carl. <laughs> well, I, I ended up being an extremely um, young father and concentrated on that, and it meant that I, I was delayed in figuring out what I wanted to do in life, and I spent. Um, I spent a long time in catering and a long time in high pressure jobs. I kind of fell into it. And I thought that taught me what pressure was. And I thought that taught, that made me resilient. And then uh, I did a pivot and went back to school and I started a second job. Um, and I went back to university and uh, I just basically tried to reinvent myself and fix myself. Um, and I, I then started in development and coding and, and, and learned as much as I could. And I burnt out really, really quickly. And it caused all the problems that everybody has been talking about. And um, I thought I knew what stress was from working in kitchens um, and working in big restaurants and running kitchens and, and, and running small hotels. Um, but I really didn't. And um, moving into working for other people in a, in a technical sense and doing all of that, the kind of pressures that come with that, um, that was something new. And I'm, I had, I took a step back from it and I, I quit. I walked away from a couple of very, very good roles and took a step back and focused back on my now two children and my wife and my health and studied sleep and everything. And then, um, recently through meeting wonderful people on clubhouse, um, I've started to look at something more again and, and plan for the future. And, and I'm now working on my own thing with a with a couple of wonderful other people, um, and I can feel myself taking all of those rules that I had given myself and just quietly putting them in a box. That that one can that one can wait till later. You just put it off to one side, and then that one that that you know sleep that one can just. Just take a little bit. Just take an hour from here, and you. You, you better come and see me, Carl. <laughs> and, um, and then you know you're doing this, and you're angry at yourself because you are, you are in this position of where 
I, I am lucky enough to have learned these rules early on in life of, of, of th- this framework that I'd given myself. Thankfully, it hadn't crept up on me, but now I'm in this position of this dichotomy of wanting to push, push, push in that ticking clock that we all have to do something and be something and create something um, and, and, and make something beautiful and make something that the things I'm working on are in education and do something, make the world better. And this is what hit me so hard when Chris passed because Chris, and, and, I'm, and I'm sorry to bring my pain here, but Chris was the, the, the vision because I did, I didn't know what was going on in the background. I didn't know the, the full story and I could just see somebody, this wonderful person who was, who was handling it all and, and looking after the kids and, and still cheerful and still happy and wasn't sort of losing himself in this. Um, and so this has just made me take a second and take a step back and reevaluate everything and just think a little bit about this and how much of myself I put into this and, and how to go about it. But it's just this, you're all correct. The, the, the ethos is to push the ethos is to take that out of yourself, give yourself, put in the blood and the sweat and the tears. And if, if you're a single person and you're living on your own, then um, that's fine. Well, it's not fine. It's incredibly unhealthy. You should look after yourself. But if you start to throw additional variables in there, if you start to throw in a wife and, and children and other dependents in there, you, you really need to realize that you're not just giving bits of yourself. You're, you're taking bits of their future. You know, you're exactly you're not you're not exactly. reading you're, you're not doing the night that the, the stories every night anymore. And you're not doing the walks in the park and you're you're driving to school instead of walking now because you've, you've got to get those extra 15 minutes in because you've got an important meeting to get to. And you just you know, maybe that would be worth it. But I don't I don't really think it is in a lot of cases. So. Um, OK, yeah. I have to stop you because Sorry, we have. That's all right. Like Tom wants to speak and we have to close the room down. But I love you, Carl. You sound very pained. Um, if I can just add, um, I'm very sorry for your loss. I, I um, talked with Chris a few times um, to the tech news around the world and he was an amazing person. So I'm very sorry for your loss. And I have three children. The first the father of my first child um, also died, um, and I was a single mom and scientist, and um, for a while. And also, I'm an entrepreneur now, and I always um, struggle with having enough time to sleep, having enough time for myself. I disrespected myself for many years, and I'm I I struggled you know, with mental health issues, but also with migraines and, and mm, memory loss, even from, you know, lack of sleep for many, many years. I struggle sometimes when I do this again to find words, uh, to, to, to remember things. And I'm not that old, so um, I just want to advise you, if, you know, if you feel alone, reach out to people. Um, don't be embarrassed ever. And, um, you know, your kids will maybe lack some things, but they also 
you know, they have a great role model and it's important for girls to have a very strong mom. And um, yeah, I think. All right. And yeah. sorry, before Please. I go to Tom, do you mind if Amanda chimes in from the Twitter spaces quickly? Amanda? <laughs> sorry. I'm just paying attention to all the rooms here. Uh, hey. Oh, thank you so much, Heyman. Thank you. Um, yeah, that is, that's a beautiful dovetailing into this. Um, what a loss. What a beautiful human. So much, so much that he did. But I think it's incumbent on all of us. It, we can say, reach out if you need help. But do you know how hard it is to reach out for help when you're going through some of these things? We need to be mindful of everyone in our circles. If someone goes quiet, you reach out to them. We need to watch out for each other. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda. That That is very true. And what this has taught me today is that we need to have more rooms on the hardships of entrepreneurship. So we're going to do that for absolute certain. Tom, do you want to bring us home? I do. Thank you so much. Regina, you can hear um, Chris touched all of us. You've got a family here in Tech News. We are here to help you. I've already sent you in a DM, my cell phone number, call me 24-7 anytime. He and I shared laughs about Nutella. And once with a hot mic, he promised the kids some Nutella. And I told him Nutella was a superfood, so I truly believe that. Um, I actually, I live in Chicago, but I'm down at St. Louis. And I've offered, if you need help with that St. Louis team, anything, let me know. And I, I can be there to help, even with team dynamics. So you've got a, a community and a family here. And You've got my cell phone. Reach out. We're here to help you. Thank you. Uh, the, the last word that I have to say to you is that I was listening to a podcast by a, a sleep expert with Sam Harris last night. Uh, look for if you want to. There it is. If you want to uh, listen to uh, somebody talk about the importance of sleep. Um, this guy, Matthew Walker, is the leading expert on sleep and the science behind sleep. And what he said was so scary because he said that lack of sleep is a huge precursor for Alzheimer's disease. And so I want you all to realize that it's pointless to start a company, change the world, and makes so much money if you don't even remember it at the end of the day. So, and, and you know, I'm making a joke, but it's not a joke. So we're going to do more of these rooms, and we're going to talk about entrepreneurs' problems, and I'm going to answer questions because I've seen about every problem on earth, and I hope a lot of you who came today and contributed your expertise will return to help each other. And and uh, Amanda from Twitter Spaces was correct. You have to reach in. And I am going to reach in to Regina. I'm not going to wait for her to reach out. So everybody, thank you so much for coming. We love Chris. Claim your free karma coins uh, by clicking on the link above. Contribute to the GoFundMe. Keep Chris's memory alive. And let's all make a better world together. And if you go to the wonderful, and if you go to the TNATW uh, Twitter account, you'll uh, Cheryl. You'll Cheryl also has tweeted it out, and I've retweeted it. The GoFundMe link is there, and uh, don't hesitate to ask for help. Is um, yeah, 
I think that's the most important. Thank you, Dr. Vincent. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, everyone. Take care, all.